Yeah. I love that song. Um, I hadn't heard it until Christmas. And uh, it's been on my mind ever since then. Um, can we put the words back up? Maybe. No, the next one. And the next one. And again. And that's it. Okay, yeah, the words are, and on that day when my strength is failing. Guys, tonight, I know that people feel like that, and that people can relate to this song. Um, that's why I picked it. Because I know that people feel like strength is failing, but I'm going to tell you now that you don't need to worry about that, because God is God, and God is in control of that. Um, yeah. This weekend, we're going to let God be God. We're going to let God have his way. And believe it or not, we're going to let God speak. And we're going to listen to what he has to say. And we're going to take it into our hearts. But before I say anything else, this guy's got something to say that hits it right in the head.
Yeah. I like that video. And we're going to watch it again at the end. But at the end, you're going to understand it. Because you heard it, but you didn't actually hear it. Can you put the lights on? Because the video won't pick it up. And then poor Joanna will miss out. <coughs> Guys, let's pray. God, we, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together to hear your word and, and to put it into practice in our lives. God, we just pray that you prepare our ears to hear the message that you are sending down from heaven. And God, we just pray that you, you prepare our hearts to receive that word. God, we just pray you send your Holy Spirit to sweep through this place. In Jesus' name, amen. It's very important. It's not crucial to what I'm saying, but you'll understand later. I was trying to work this out a few weeks ago. We're going to look at the topic of ashes into beauty, where we're looking at sparring with life. What do we do when life throws stuff at us that we don't know how to throw back at it? What do we do when it feels like you're trying to drive your car up a hill in third gear? <laughs> the Bible tells us that, that, that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are, are knocking at the door waiting for us to open it to come in. But for some of us, it feels like the doorstop is in the wrong side and we can't get it open. One nil. But guys, that's a serious point. It feels like we can't get the door open. It feels like we can't get the car up the hill and we don't know why. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 4, before I came in here, I didn't have a clue what I was going to say. And I was praying, God, hello. I know what I want to say. Haven't got a clue where it's coming from in the Bible. Open the iPad, and this is what's there. It's from the message, so it might be slightly different to what comes up behind me. Proverbs 4. Listen, friends, to some fatherly advice. Sit up and take notice, so that you will know how to live. I am giving you good counsel. Don't let it go in one ear and out of the other. When I was a boy on my father's knee, the pride and joy of my mother, he would sit me down and drill me, take this to heart, do what I say, do what I tell you, live, sell everything and buy wisdom, forage for understanding, don't forget one word, don't deviate an inch, never walk away from wisdom, she guards your life, love her, she keeps her eye on you, above all and before all, do this, get wisdom. Write this at the top of your list. Get understanding. Throw your arms around her and believe me, you won't regret it. Never let her go. She'll make your life glorious and she'll garland your life with grace. And it was on and on and on talking about how you need to just get wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And then it says this in verse 16. Evil people are restless unless they're making trouble. They can't get a good night's sleep unless they've made life miserable for somebody. Perversity is their food and drink. Violence is their drug of choice. The ways of right living people glow with light. The longer that they live, the brighter they shine. But the road of, of wrongdoing gets darker and darker. Travelers can't see a thing and they fall flat on their faces. Evil people are restless unless they're making trouble. We all know one person that is evil. 
and who is trying to take us off this walk with God. The devil is not happy unless he is trying to make trouble for us. But we are people of light. We are people of right living and people who glow with light. And the longer we live, the more we need to fight for that. Jesus died for us to have the right to live in light. I know that life is tough. I've lived it. It's important. It's very important. This, everybody was asked to bring a Bible. This has more power than a generator that will fuel a football pitch. But you need to plug it in. How do you do that? You open it up. That is why so many people are fighting with life. Because they don't open their Bibles. If you open that, all the answers that you will ever need are in there. You need to stand on the Word of God. And it will show you how to overcome those problems. When I was born, to start with, I shouldn't be here. I should have died. I was something like six weeks early and I was in intensive care because I decided to bungee jump out of my mother's womb and in the process wrap the cord around my neck. But I'm here. When I was born, my granny looked at me and she said, there's something special about that guy. I reckon he's going to be a minister. As I grew up, she kept saying that and she tells all these embarrassing stories about all these things that I did and I just go, they're not true. But life went on and I just thought, that is not for me. You know, stuff happened. At school, I was the guy sitting on his own in the corner. I was the one that everybody else picked on. I didn't see a point in life. I didn't see a point in school. I didn't know what to do. God brought people in and out of life to make it that wee bit easier and I just kept going. I didn't know why. I didn't know what was going on. At that stage, I went to church. Um, didn't really understand. Um, it was somewhere you went on a Sunday to kill an hour and a half in the morning. And then you came home. And that was it until next week. Um, I didn't take it seriously. Uh, when I was 13, my parents split up. And I just thought, right, okay, how do we deal with this? Went a wee bit crazy, but apart from that, that was fine. Um, all through my teenage years, so much stuff going on, and I didn't know how to deal with it. When I was about 16 then, my friends started going to what is now called Hub, but was once called Manifest. Um, and they started going to that, and they started going to Fog at Glenmachan, and they were introduced to this guy called the Holy Spirit. My response to the Holy Who? Because in church you had the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but they didn't do much. So we went on and, and they started praying and they were like, Andrew, it's great. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm fine. When I was 16, my minister came to me and said, God's talking to you and telling you to go into the ministry. 
laughed in his face and told him to clear off. Ran away. I ran away from God. That was the most hilarious six months of my life. Because he kept running behind me. And I couldn't get away. When I was 18, I finally decided that I needed to do something. That church was so much more than a Sunday. I had all this baggage chilling behind me. And I just thought, you know what? I need something. And I started to actually think about those words that people had said to me about becoming a minister and going in to do something for God. When I was 18, I, I started going along with my friends and stuff. And I was like, right, let's start taking this seriously. Within a year and a half, this is the boy who was sitting in the corner, didn't leave the house without his mum, didn't go anywhere on his own, didn't really have many friends. After a year and a half, I decided that God was calling me to move to a church in Portadown. So I took myself on the train. This is the guy that doesn't leave the end of the street on his own, because I knew that God was speaking to me and that this was how to solve all the problems and it was to a point because when you accept Jesus things don't get easier in fact the one bit of advice that I say to anybody who comes and tells me they want to be a Christian is are you ready for what's ahead because yes it's going to be fantastic but yes the devil is going to be out to get you to bring you back so I went down to the church and put it down started serving, doing stuff there. Moved my way up, became their children's pastor. Thought, this is it, life's going great. Still, still the odd thing here and there. 31st of December 2006, I had a pretty rubbish few months. And my friend led praise and worship. And we were sitting out the back on New Year's Eve, and I just turned to him and I said, you know what? I'm sick of wrestling with life. I'm sick of letting problems take over and make themselves bigger than they actually are. This year, I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to stand on what God has told me, and I'm going to go for it. I think 2007 was the worst year of my life. Within a few months, people had got sick. Stuff had happened. My sister decided to tell us she was gay. That was a whole thing for the whole family. My uncle killed himself. All in the first five months of the year that life was not taking a hold of me anymore. For three weeks then I decided that's it. God, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I can't. Why should I? Because you don't care. But he does care. And he broke back in. And I'm so glad that he did. Life then started to go back on track. Yes, the rest of the year, there was something, we can't, I worked this out a few weeks ago. There was at least one or two major things every month for that year. Oh, and I believe all because of that declaration that I made at the start of the year. But I can stand here and I can say that I'm still standing. The devil didn't win, but God won. And God wins every time. That went on. 2010. I'm in this church. I'm now their children's pastor. By the way, I have a medical condition that means that I cannot speak in front of people. 
that I am so shy it's medically impossible. Just thought I'd put that in there. 2010, this church that I'm in, I was set. God and me were there. We were seeing signs, wonders and miracles. I believe 100% healing, guys. I'm a guy of faith. I prayed for leather sofas. I got leather sofas. Chris told me she felt sick earlier. I told her by faith she was healed and she's fine. Because, guys, I don't have time to waste in all of this. God promises it in the Bible. Let's just do it. So we were going. There was this great team with me, working with me. We were seeing children saved, children come to know Jesus. It was amazing. And I thought I was set. Christmas is always a tough time for my family because two weeks before Christmas, that was when my dad decided to leave. Two weeks before Christmas in 2010, the pastor of the church that I was in got a woman in the church pregnant that he'd been having an affair with for six months and did a runner with a Nissan Pathfinder Jeep that belonged to the church and we reckon £250,000 worth of our money. Bam. There was the wall again. This time I knew that God was in control. And we did it. We got through it. I knew that God was calling me to, to bigger and greater things. The problem is, guys, you need to listen to what God's saying and do it. When you don't, that's when things can get a wee bit tricky. After that, I was faced with questions from young people and adults. Is God real? Is everything this guy said fake? Because he was. How do you answer that when you yourself are 23, 24 years old? And you've got grown men and women of 50, 60 years of age coming to you and saying, what do I do? Again, I stood and was in here and I knew where to go. We got the church through it. I lost friends. Family life was awful from the day I decided to go down there. And when they found that out, it was even worse. Then the church turned. What do you do when the church that you're in, that you're supporting, turns on you? How do you deal with that? It's hard. I knew that God had called me there. But God had told me three months before this all kicked off that something big was about to happen to the church. That I had to stand with it and I needed to be firm in what I knew. But that he was going to look out for me. Three months later, that guy left with all that money. But another three to six months later, the church turned nasty. I wasn't doing what they wanted. I wasn't fitting into their box. Because I don't do boxes. Because my God doesn't do boxes. I didn't know what to do. Because I knew that God was calling me there. And he told me very clearly. That he was not going to keep me somewhere. Where my gifts were not going to be allowed to use. So I left. And we're, it's quite funny because we're talking about this in the car tonight. For six months then. I just was like, God, what am I doing? And you all know that I have to be doing something. Usually about 12 different things at once. And for six months, I had nothing to do. And I was like, God, what is going on? 
And he told me it was time to rest because he was bringing me to a better place, to a place where ministry was what I was going to do full time. I applied for job after job after job. After job after job after job. Until it got to the stage where I filled application forms in with my eyes closed. And eventually I got the call. And as I was about to give up again, God stepped in and I got the call for this job. And I know that, that God has me here for a purpose. But guys, I know that God also has a time for me to be here. Because it's not about me. It's about him. And I know that in however many years' time, he'll move me on to the next stage. But you guys need to be ready for what he's moving you on to. Because you can't focus on me or David or Wade or whoever's up here speaking. You need to keep it on him. Because if you put your faith in man, man is going to let you down. But God will never let you down. The ball, by the way. When I was in P6, I was diagnosed as being severely dyslexic and dyspraxic. I couldn't throw a ball. Never mind catch it. I couldn't do this. It was impossible. I also had really bad asthma because of the whole bungee jumping out of the womb thing. But four years ago, I turned around to God and I said, you know what? I'm fed up with this now. Sort it out. And he did. And guys, that's what I'm saying tonight. You need to be blunt with God like that. You need, to, you need to look at the stuff that's going on in life and just take a stand and say, no, my God is so much bigger and better than this. He has so many more things planned for me. But why does life suck? Why do things go wrong? Well, that's because of us too. Because of Adam and Eve back, back in the day. You know, back at the start. Because they decided that they were better than God, that they knew better, and they ate off that tree. That is exactly why we have suffering in our world. And I will put my hands up, and I know we've joked about that guy the other night saying, I don't know. Other than that, I don't know why we have such bad suffering. But I know that it's because of what Adam and Eve did. But God is calling us back to a perfect world with him. And it's up to us if we will just let go of what has happened and move forward. Whatever that, pro that problem is in your life, when Jesus died on the cross, he said three words, the three words that solved that. It is finished. It's done. It doesn't matter anymore. It's over. Your past is your past. You can't go back and get it. So stop dragging it along with you. It's time. I talk about boxes. It's time to take yourself out of the fear zone that you've put yourself in. That fear of letting go. That fear that you've let cripple you and hold you in there. Of people finding out about what's going on. Of what will happen in your life if you move on. What will people think of you? It's time to take yourself out of that box and move into God's box. Because it's a box of love and it's a love that wipes away everything that's gone on in the past. Let him put you into the freedom zone because that's what it's all about. That's why Jesus went and died on that cross for us. So we could move from that fear and condemnation into a space of freedom and love and amazing stuff with him.
and you know, la- like last night I was going to bed and I just was like, God, I, I don't know how to get this across to these guys, how important it is to get your word. And he showed me very clearly the seed. If you want a plant to grow, you get a seed and you push it into the ground. You don't just set it on top of the soil because a bird is going to eat it. You push it down and it will grow. And for a while you can't see anything on top because the roots are forming. But eventually you will start to see it grow. And eventually you will start to see the fruit. And the word of God is just like that. You need to take it. You need to bury it in here. And straight away you will not see the changes. But they're coming. Because the word of God is burying itself in you. To get to the stage where you can turn around and you can go. The Bible tells me in Philippians 4.13 there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If I've got that right. (laughs) Which I'm hoping I have. You, know, you need to get that in there. And it's so important. And sometimes it feels like, like people are nagging, going, oh, you have to read your Bible. And you're like, oh, why do I have to read the Bible? Because it's important. It breathes life. In my house, there's a Bible sitting up the stairs, and it sits like this, 365 days a year. It is. No, 413, 4.13. 4.13. You know what I mean, it's there. <laughs> it lies open, okay? Because this word is alive. It's breathing. And it's speaking to people. And that lies because God is supreme authority in my house. And I want people to know that from the minute they come in the door to the minute they leave. That's even better than what I said. Philippians <laughs> 4.13 Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. God is the one who made you. And whatever's going on, wherever you are, you will be able to make it through if you cling to him. If you stand on that. You know, too often in life, we're walking along, we're walking along like that with God. And we let our problems push us further and further apart. But we just stay like that. We just stay together. Where I go, Jesus goes too. Because he's in you. He lives in you. It's impossible to go anywhere without him. But you you need to know that he's there. And this weekend we want to challenge you about the way you look at stuff, the way you look at life, the way you do life. You know, our our logo has three simple words at the bottom of it. And for me this is what it's about. Together we are all diamonds that need to be taken and shaped and cleaned up. And that is why in the background we have a diamond because we've all got, we're all a diamond that has, has stuff going on and together we need to build each other up and clean each other off and shape each other up underneath that you've got life you've got love 
and you've got a legacy. Because together we're going to go through life. The trials, the problems, the happy times, the sad times. But we're going to do that together. We're going to walk through that together. We're going to love each other no matter what goes on. No matter what happens, we're going to have love for each other. And most importantly, we're going to have love for ourselves. And that takes us to the third thing. We're going to leave a legacy behind us. That people can come along and say, do you know what? That generation went far for Jesus. And I want to follow in their footsteps. They didn't let the rubbish of the world bring them down. They just had him at heart. And they went after it. And they didn't care what the world said. I'm so excited about this weekend because I know that I know that God is doing work in us all. And you know, don't think that Jesus didn't go through stuff too. You know, if you think about that night when he was taken away, he was denied by Peter. How must he have felt? Somebody that followed him everywhere denied him. And he knew that, that people were going to turn away. He knew that people weren't going to follow and that some people would say it's just a story. But he did it anyway. You know, the other day I was watching, um, I was trying to work out how, how, where to go with this and stuff, and I was watching Jesus Christ Superstar, which I would not advise you to watch as a spiritual film, but the music in it is quite good and it actually makes you think and there's a song in it called Could We Start Again Please and it's right at the end where Judas has handed Jesus over he's in prison and the disciples are just sitting around and they're like what would we do now? and they just reflect on what's happened because they don't understand what's going on and they just want to start again and save him from the suffering that he's going to go through. Because they don't get it. They don't understand that he has to go through that for us. To give us a new start. So that we can start again. And he did that. He went to the cross for us. So that we could start again. So as we could walk in a new life with him. Whatever's gone on in your life guys. Whatever it is. It's not too big for God. He created the universe. Trust me, it's not too big. It's not too embarrassing. It's not too shameful. And this weekend, I want you to leave here and leave it behind. And I know that over the past few weeks, and especially on Sunday, we dealt with a lot of stuff. And I know that it brought up a lot of stuff for people. Guys, we're here all weekend. Let's get this sorted together. Let's move on. God is speaking. God wants to speak to all of us. It's up to us whether we're going to listen. And when you're praying for those people on your letter, listen to what God's telling you about them. Because maybe he's given you a word that you can go and say to them to really encourage them that will make such a difference to their life. And it's up to us whether we're going to be that messenger. And that one person in this room can tell me that God is not going to speak to them. Because he does. It's up to us whether we listen. You know, back in, back in the day, we had a radio. You had to twist the wee button to get it to tune in. 
didn't have any of this fancy stuff where you push numbers and it just all came on. You had to twist it and it went, and then eventually you got it through. That's what it's about. It's about tuning yourself and your mind into listening to what God's saying. And it takes time. It doesn't come like that. But I couldn't click my fingers either. And then one day I was like, watching all my friends, they were clicking fingers. I was like, I'll have that. <laughs> Why not? Really annoys my friends now. Because they're like, you. So guys, this weekend, leave here changed. Don't, don't leave the way you came in. You know, there's so many exciting things going to happen. There's so many really good talks and seminars that these guys are going to take. You're not going to hear from me again until Sunday night. Because it's all about God. It's not about me. It's not about these guys. It's about listening to God and what he's going to say. We're going to watch that video again. And then I'm going to pray. This time, I want you to listen to the words he's saying. And take them in here.